Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Online, on your mobile, and on FM. From the home of time. This is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along. Did you know that Barry haven't completed the double over the attic since the 1974-75 season? But hey, records are there to be broken. Welcome to Charlton Live. Hey, good evening and welcome to Charlton Live here. On this Sunday evening, my name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here at the uh, the Valley as we decide to look back at yesterday's uh, disappointing defeat against uh, Berry. Uh, Terry Smith, how are you doing, Terry? The grand old man himself. Evening. You all right? Everybody. Well, not especially, no. <laughs> <laughs> after, after yesterday's uh, defeat. And also join us the first lady of, uh, of Charlton Athletic, Sue Gallup. How are you doing, Sue? Yeah, I'm all right, actually. Yeah, I feel a bit more sparky yeah. than you two are. <laughs> Have you been given, like, the men in black pen treatment where they just erase your memory maybe, or something yeah, yeah maybe it was that yeah, yeah. or just yeah Gone just completely the, forgot what happened yesterday some alcohol parale- yeah. parallel universe <laughs> parallel paralytic universe, paralytic universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah on tonight's show of course we're gonna have to look back at yesterday's uh one nil defeat uh second consecutive one nil defeat in the space of five days 
uh, here at the Valley as uh, Berry has, like I say, completed the double over us for the first time since 1974-75. That's the level we're at now. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we're going to hear exclusively from Carl Robinson later on in the show. Uh, we also want to hear from you guys as well. Let us know what you made of yesterday's game. You can email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk, or you can tweet us at charltonlive, or you can get, head over to the Charlton Life forum where there's a thread on there as well. You can let us know what you made of, uh, of yesterday's uh, defeat. But just in brief, before we hear the... Um, before we hear the highlights, Terry, your your summation of yesterday's game? Uh, well, you mentioned second successive, both strikingly similar, uh, mm. in as much where uh, we go a goal behind. You can, not getting the rub of the green potentially uh, on both occasions, and the uh, you know, there was a foul minutes before, seconds before on, on, on Page, um, where it was high foot, I think um, everybody saw it, except, um, except Kettle. Uh, but Shock. having <laughs> having said that, we defended appallingly. Fifty chances for clearing exactly in the, in the moments after that. So, um, and as with Oxford, although I think we were marginally better this, uh, on yesterday than we were against Oxford, we we seemed to be a little bit um, a little bit sharper to the ball, etc. But there was still that fragility. We just we just didn't look like we were going to come back and score and win. Just never mm. looked likely. And and I don't know if that's. Uh, um, something that is in the team as well, and if it is, then you know, obviously we're uh, we're fragile, uh, dangerously fragile. Mm. Okay, well let's uh, let's listen back to the highlights of uh, of yesterday's defeat. Terry Smith and Greg Stubby take you through it as uh, once again the Addicts fall to a one 0 home defeat. As Holmes prepares to take this free kick, swings it to the far side of the post. Bauer barrels his way past one man, buries it in the back of the net, but he'd already taken out. I think it was. Uh, Burgess in the process, we could see it from up here, it was a foul, and the goal doesn't stand. This time probably halfway inside the Charlton half, thrown into Caddis, Caddis instantly knocks it forward, that looked like a high foot, but uh, Berry play on, the referee plays on, the ball back across in the six-yard box, important slide in, but the ball's still fizzing around now, now it's at the end, low at the edge of the six-yard box, has buried it, and Charlton are 1-0 down. Awful defending, absolutely awful defending from Charlton. It probably was a foul in the first place. I think Page tried to win the ball and someone's foot might even have been low. The goal scorer's foot was high. Referee played on though and Charlton was slow to react. Mellis burst into the box. His first ball across was initially cut out well by Tixera. And then forced Kasky tried to clear and it came back to Mellis. And then crossed and low. The experienced Ryan Lowe finishes. Arubo picks it up to the left-hand side to Mavadidi. A couple of softly passes in Charlton but they're still in possession. Mavadidi to force Kasky, who looks towards the far post. Novak with the header! Oh, off, off the, the bar. bar! Cleared away by oh. Barnett. Charles' best opportunity of the game so far. Bauer up from the back as is Texera, Konza, Novak, Mavadidi, all tall players. Ricky Holmes out swinging delivery towards Patrick Bowers, headed away by Burgess. Might come to Rebo. Rebo flashes across goal. Novak! Saved by the goalkeeper. Bowers oh, also there. Cadiz gets it away. Got to be a corner, that, isn't it? It will be a Charlton corner. Oh, just needed a touch. Holmes needs support. Everybody's no one run, down the line. Run away and Holmes it. has managed to get past Moore somehow. Ricky Holmes crossing off. Lovely ball. No go with the header. Oh, Great save. Was it saved as well? Great oh, save from like Murphy. Yeah, he's come racing out of his goal to have a go at the right back. Moore allowed Ricky Holmes to get the cross in. Novak towards the near post. And Murphy definitely with yeah, the save. I thought it was the post, but it was the save. Mavadidi trying to take on Caddis. Does so. Gets past him as well. Edge of the penalty area. Goes inside of man. Takes the shot. Deflection. Oh, the keeper claws oh, it out from stopping it going into the back of the net. Cleared upfield and uh, <coughs> Teixeira falls to the floor. Barrier in here. It's a shot. Oh, it's uh, 
Declan Rudd has to deal with it. It was the shot from Hope after the out-muscle to Shearer. Shearer ended up on the floor. Hope took the snapshot with about uh, five yards outside the penalty area and it needed the Declan Rudd save to tip it over the bar. Again, George Shixera, I, I don't want to make him sound like a scapegoat here, but... He's having a meal. He's been awful. And again, <laughs> it's a long ball forward. Tixera could easily head it away. He tries to collide with Hope and Hope just gets past him with ease. And then after Hope's shot, which is well saved by Rudd, Rudd comes screaming out to Tixera. This is League One. Arivo spots Holmes on the overlap. Holmes... Edge of the penalty area. Fizzes it across. Novak with a header over the bar. Oh, Lee Novak. Great play for Ricky Combs. There's probably too much pace on the cross. Yeah, and, maybe. and Lee Novak with the header over the bar. Watching it back, he should score. Far side by the touchline. Goes back out to Lee. Lee crossing opportunity. Fizzes it across. Declan Runners to palm it away. Oh, and that should have been dealt with by uh, Millis. Good pressure Better from Better than Ricky that. Holmes put him under sufficient pressure to force the shot. Scott high over the Charlton crossbar. Little crossing opportunity, gets squirms across to Tony Watt on the edge of the penalty area. Forced a little bit wide, but cuts back in on his right foot. Takes a shot on, it's saved. McGuinness can't get to the rebound. There on the short ball, being forced wide, but he cuts it across to Aribo. Central position, Aribo. Slides it into the path of Teixeira, who stayed forward. Oh, against the crossbar, but he's offside anyway. That's a lovely ball from Joe Aribo, nonetheless. Teixeira, lovely first touch. He seems to be... <laughs> he seems to be doing better going forward and then defensively in recent weeks it's a lovely effort off the bar far side is Pope chip ball finds him Pope with a shot Declan Rudd with a comfortable save and that is the final whistle and Charlton succumb to their second successive 1-0 defeat at home and a defeat which once uh, you have to be honest once Berry had taken the lead on 20 minutes when Ryan Lowe capitalised on, uh, initially, an obvious foul on Lewis Page when it wasn't given, but Charlton didn't defend after that. And Lowe stabbed the ball home on the edge of the six-yard box. And really, from that moment forward, you couldn't see Charlton get back into it. We hit the bar, that's true. We had a couple of efforts saved, one particular one, which was clawed away by Joe Murphy. But really, Charlton didn't create enough to make it look like we were going to get back into this game. And as it turned out, we didn't. So there we have it. The highlights of yesterday's 1-0 defeat here at the Valley uh, against Berry. The uh, the goal coming in the in the 21st minute from, from Ryan Lowe, who's uh, so old. He actually scored against us in the 1946 <laughs> Cup final as well, didn't he? Um, uh, yeah, uh, d- disappointment. I mean, yeah, it, it did feel different to the game on on Tuesday against against Oxford. In a way, I think we, we probably had better chances. and we, But, you know, not enough, really. I think we have better chances, and again we hit the crossbar. Uh, we had um, the the keeper save, which I thought initially hit the post, but the keeper saved it down on the right hand side. We had the one where he clawed it away as well. So we had chances, um, but there's just, as I said earlier on, there just seems to be that fragility about us, um, especially when we go a goal behind. But even before then, you know, going forward we seem um, confident. We seem like uh, uh, you know we're, we're playing well. We're <coughs> excuse me, crisp passing. Um, not always creating at the end of it, sadly, but you know we do seem a little more confident going forward. But at the back, I mean, we're missing Jason Pierce, no question. But and we have done for a while because we just de- don't seem to have uh, a leader out there uh, for me. Um, mm. We seem to be a little bit rudderless. We um, midfield is a, is, a, is a massive area where where we need strengthening. Uh, we need somebody as as good as Joe Rebo plays, uh, as good as I think Esri Conza fits in into that midfield. 
Um, I actually thought Cross didn't have a bad game when he came on, not, mm. not terrible. Um, Foster Kasky, after his initial brilliant appearance, seems to have gone off the ball a little bit. Then mm. that may be his hamstring; he's still suffering for that, and he came off with it. So that maybe that's the reason. But we're still not dominant in there. And we were talking post-match. You know, remember when we? Um, uh, and, 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 no, you shouldn't necessarily. You know, when we last on Blitz League One, we had uh, we had the likes of uh, Danny Hollands, for example, and we need a Danny Hollands. Yeah, somebody who's going to grab the game by the scruff of the neck and let the opposition know he's there because all we seem to do is be put under pressure all the time, mm. especially in midfield, and we can't cope with that for ninety minutes. We just can't. Mm. And then at the back, um, <clears throat> long balls over the top seem to be something we clearly can't deal with. I mean, Stubbers in particular was. Um, I was sat right next to him while you guys were doing the commentary, and he was so frustrated, um, singling out at times as well, George Teixeira. Uh, a player who we sort of had our eye on over the last few weeks because uh, you know there's been a few times in the Millwall game where where he struggled. Um, uh, you know, and in particular yesterday, he was he kept seems being caught out by long balls over the top and sort of out muscled. Which which is strange because I think if you lined up the the squad before the season, you'd you'd be looking at Tashera as one should be one of the best defenders in the league because he's he's got something about him and and he seems to be cool on the ball and comfortable and and should know how to defend, but. Uh, well, I'm not going to say the whole season because I think he's had the, uh, the odd good game but yesterday he just seemed lost yesterday um, and I don't know particularly why but he did Does, um, I mean obviously I don't know a lot about the, the scientific side of stuff but with someone like George who's out for quite a long time um, and he's sort of been in and out since he came back does that I'm not, I'm not thinking mentally I'm thinking more of his body does it? How long does it take to actually get mm. your body back to? Because obviously he's not done. He didn't do pre-season. Yeah, and I guess having all that time yeah. off does it is sort of like going through a summer and then not having the intensive pre-season that yeah. you get with the friendlies <coughs> and maybe the training. It, yeah. So maybe so maybe that's affected him as so well. It's lo- I think he's definitely lost that sharpness. But obviously, then when you look at the other side to his game and he's. Was he score three goals yeah, in exactly, two yeah. games? Yeah, yeah. You can't the then <laughs> you can't then say, yeah. "Oh, well, drop him." Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because it, he's got he's got the ability to get you out of it. And I think there may also be this partnership thing uh, situation. We've got um, maybe to share and Bauer aren't necessarily a good partnership as mm. two centre halves. I mean, Pierce is, as I said, is a leader, and and neither you wouldn't put Bauer or Tashera down as leaders, particularly. So we need. Some a commanding centre half, uh, and you'd say Bauer. You'd, you'd have thought would be the sort of the bullish one, where Tashera would be the, the the more controlled ball playing one. Mm. But neither of them are, uh, are necessarily leaders, and, mm. and maybe that's what we're missing. And uh, so, in in other words, I think uh, Greg said, you know, Bauer looked much better when he was alongside Pierce. Tashera mm. looked better when he's alongside Pierce, as does Konza. So in the same way, as you remember, you know, back in the day when we had George Costa, I'm not trying to compare the two, mm, by the way, but mm. you know, you have somebody who just exudes that leadership quality that other other players live up to yeah. and, and build their game up to. Mm. Yeah. What did you make of the team news before the game? Um, uh, Andrew Cross, who had been ever present in the league so far this season, which is good good going for someone of his age. Mm. Um, he, he was he was uh, rested towards the bench, and Josh McGuinness, who um, uh, is obviously the top scorer, but hasn't hasn't really. Yeah, but then he passed him since he's come back from his injury as such. I thought he's looked a bit he's looked a bit off off the pace since he's come back from his injury. Were you, were you surprised surprised to see those two players drop to the bench, especially considering we do have this this run of games that we're in the middle of now? Yeah, I th- I think uh, obviously I wasn't here Tuesday night, which might might, that might explain, explain why, so why I'm a little bit show, more yeah. chirpy <laughs> oh. than you two. Yeah. Um, but I think you have got to look at, at the difference between this league and the championship and how that can take a toll on older players' bodies. And, and I think Crofts, 
I would have him in my starting lineup every game. I know a lot of people would disagree with me, but I think he made the difference when he came on um, for the second half. And he, he has got that calmness about him and that control about him that I think we needed for the whole game yesterday. Obviously, I still, I'm still of the mind that I don't think Cole knows his strongest team, and that's why we're seeing so many changes. So because he's, he's trying to test out all these different partnerships or like across the middle, like who goes best with who. And then you they get like I mean our disciplinary lately. I've not known it to be this bad for a long time. It's it's, it's, it's been very poor. But we, yeah. I asked. I asked. But um, then you you have a game. So then right. So Solly's out yesterday. So then you have to change again. And mm. so it. I think not. And I'm not defending the performance or anything like that. But when you've got other circumstances involved in who you can pick, and you're still trying to work out right. Josh hasn't been the same since he came back from his injury. As, about having a look at how, um, and again, I don't know the backroom staff. I don't know what how they come back from treatment. In the old days, they used to go in the resis for a few weeks and then come back into the first team. I don't think they have that luxury anymore. Once they're fit in training, they go straight back into the first team or at least on the bench. And you're not going to get that same recovery from not playing games. Mm. And then, then you're chucked into it, and you've got to manage it and deal with it. And if you're still not hundred percent, and that's clearly showing. Yeah, because I mean, it was noted on on the Thursday show. Someone someone mentioned that uh, Josh McGuinness hadn't, you know, didn't even play, didn't play for the twenty threes or anything like that, which which um, might explain why he's been so rusty. Um, I, I wasn't surprised at um, um, Andrew Cross being dropped, only simply because after the game on Tuesday. Um, Carl Robinson came out and said that he was going to rest players who, who have played a lot of football and you look down the list of people who have played a lot of football and Andrew Cross just jumps out at you as, as, as he says he's never present so when I came in and, and they said he'd been dropped that sort of didn't surprise me because of what Carl Robinson had said earlier on mm. but I think um, Sue was bang on I, um, he certainly improved when he came in I think Crofts has been a better player since Joe Rebo came into the side mm. um, and I think uh, Joe Rebo should I think I was more disappointed when Joe Rebo was dropped on Tuesday than I was when Cross was shot yesterday because I think I get the whole kid shouldn't be burnt out and and, and I think Cole alludes to Stephen Mavadidi playing too much um, uh, and that's why he, you know and he said he should have taken him off before the injury but yeah. and I get that to a certain extent but on the other hand youth and exuberance I think doesn't burn out after five or six games it might do after twenty mm. but not five or six games so I think you know uh, Joe Rebo Stephen Mavadidi um, Konza. They're players that are young enough, really, that should you should get ten to ten games solid out of them, and then rest them. Mm. Uh, I get the whole point that you have to, but I don't think you have to every other game. Do you know what I mean? So it, I was a little disappointed, and, and I think we look better when um, uh, Crofts and, and, and Aribo play together. Yeah, uh, Lionel says that Teixeira has been hopeless defensively, woeful over the last two games. In fact. Uh, right, early on in, in Saturday's game, yesterday's game, we, we, we had a, a goal disallowed, and I think, that on Bauer, that there seems to be a clear... What is that noise? All oh, right, uh, Bauer, there seems to be a clear a clear push uh, from, from Bauer at the far post. No real oh, yeah, no, there, there was no argument with it. I mean, he should have... He should. He didn't need to either, because he had a, it looked like he had a jump on the guy anyway, without without having to push. So um, I was a little disappointed that uh, that he felt the need. He had to barge the fella out of the way, because uh, I think he'd have had a decent header on goal anyway. Mm. Which was disappointing. Uh, and then uh, Bauer and uh, one of their blokes, Burgess, have both, both been down for a head injury, and so there was a little bit of a sort of a two-minute delay for that. And as soon as the the game got going again, that's when we conceded. And I mean, the amount of chances we had to clear—that was a ho- horrendous heavy touch from someone in the middle, possibly for Stokowski or Teixeira, I can't remember. 
uh, and and we just we just kept seeing to keep giving it back to Berry within our own it's box, like Kimbo, which, yeah, it? which is uh, <laughs> ding, ding, yeah, signing ding, your own ding, death ding. warrant there, and and um, yeah, this is, is one of the more farcical goals we've seen. About well, I don't know what league you're in. If you were going to let uh, a striker alone, left alone in the six-yard box, and basically give him the ball, <laughs> then you're going to concede. Yeah. And when that goal goes in, and as we were sort of saying earlier, you, you just feel like when we're going a goal behind at the moment, and with, whereas Rochdale away was probably the exception, and, and obviously Bolton away was a, a standout one, but it, especially at home, we just feel we, just, we don't feel like really that we're going to get back into it, even, even with the chances, because you just feel the, the, the pressure around the valley and the, 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 the way the players are sort of making mistakes, and this, you just don't feel confident. I don't know if the, <clears throat> yeah, and I agree. I mean, um, Oldham as well, <clears throat> Oldham away as well. We just didn't look. The same team that did so well at Bolton and clearly did well at Rochdale, even though I wasn't there. So it's strange that we seem to have dropped off the edge of a cliff, it seems, because, you know, you, we've watched games where you think, oh, you know, we've got something about us. The 2 1 away win at, at Bolton was, was a, a tremendous performance. Awesome. And, and, in, the, and, and in the circumstances as well. Uh, by all accounts, Rochdale away, you know, we did, did superbly well at times. I mean, conceding three goals isn't great, of course. Uh, and, and maybe that's the problem with us. We've got, it, you know, in the style of which we're playing, Maybe we're a bit like the old Real Madrid. We've got to score four, otherwise you don't win a game. Mm. Mm. I think, like, I've noticed a, a definite, like, obviously we've talked about it before, but the difference in the play between when we had Russell in charge and since Carl, Carl plays a lot more attacking football and I think that when, uh, funny enough, I had my six-year-old nephew sitting, to me, sitting next to me yesterday and when I was trying to... in three years under <laughs> Roland. I was trying, I was trying to explain to him how it works when you're going forward and then that leaves space behind for the other team to get in and you have to be very careful about not going too far forward because otherwise you leave yourself open at the back and and then all that sort of thing and I think that's been part of the issue that I noticed yesterday was like we do sort of all come forward and then you only need one of theirs and then not always quick enough to get back to cover the areas that they should be covering. So I don't know what the answer is. Because I think well, we I think need to be playing attacking football, without a doubt. But it's then how you how you cover that without leaving yourself open to the mistakes that are being made. I might go back to not having a proper defensive midfield player, a proper ball-winning mm. midfield player, yeah. uh, who can stay in front of the back four and might let everybody else do what they've got to do and then just mop it up if it, if it breaks down. And, like, yeah, everyone knows he's my favourite, but... Yesterday would have been the perfect opportunity to have Jacko in, I feel, starting. He might not have lasted the game, but I would have started him yesterday. I think that surprised me, that yeah. side that, again, completely different starting line-up, having someone that's got that, that sort of stable side about them, that control, that, that sort of dominance... Uh, uh, around the players not not necessarily in the playing side of thing but they're just that influence that you're missing by not having Jason Pearson Jacko ain't got the legs to play forward anymore but he could potentially come back to being that that defensive midfielder that we're we're missing at the moment I think in the whole lineup that's the one probably the one thing that did surprise me that as soon as we've said a few times all Crofts and Jackson can't really play together but so when you don't play one, you'd, you'd automatically assume that you'd play the other. Yeah. One. We didn't, um, and yeah, that did surprise me a bit. Uh, obviously, so with uh, Josh McGuinness out injured yesterday, the man who was leading the attack for the Alex was Lee Novak, who's had a bit of a stop-start 
you know, injury-plagued season for us, and it certainly hasn't got towards the goal tally he got last season when he was on loan at Chesterfield from Birmingham. Uh, but, but he did; he had our main chances yesterday. When mm-hmm. looking at the first one, was he, he hit the bar from a, I think it was a Forsakaski cross in the first half. There was a, a Holmes cross towards a near post, which which he headed down towards towards the post. It was well saved. Then um, you know a, a fist cross from from Holmes towards the end, which he which he headed wide when it didn't work. The goalkeeper there when you know, initially I thought. I thought he'd probably give him the benefit of the doubt on the, the pace of the cross. I'm watching it back on the highlights. You think as a striker you'd be doing better there. Now, I mean, I mean, in terms of guilt-edge chances, most of them all seem to fall to him yesterday. Yeah, and uh, I feel a bit sorry with Lee Novick because mm, he puts okay. a shift in. You can yeah. see it, does it? Um, it's just not falling for him. The you know, obviously the the missed chance was it that um, uh, MK Dons was was the was it uh, not was, uh, uh, AFC, AFC Wimbledon. Wimbledon? Yeah, AFC I can see you get those. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes, <laughs> um, and I think that may be playing on his mind a little bit, but. Um, I also don't think he's a, a lone striker, and to a certain extent, I'm not sure Josh McGuinness is either. Um, and, I, and I think we're in danger a little bit of um, Carl Robinson wanting to play a certain way, but not having the right players to play in that way. Mm. Um, and I think neither Josh McGuinness or um, Lee Novak are necessarily the players that can play in that sort of um, one man up front no. with a, a. Yeah, admittedly, we haven't got a proper number ten as such, or proper one to play behind the striker particularly that that would still involve McGuinness or Novak just doing the legwork into the corners and I think I, I think they need another one beside them they need a body beside them mm. uh, that's how I see it anyway I don't think either of them are a, a, a lone striker material but maybe they can learn to play that way but not halfway through a season mm. I wouldn't have thought yeah, and we, we, we changed to the 4-4-2 uh, sort of 10 minutes into the second half and I found this interesting because what Carl came into the press conference he was telling us about how we dominated the game and how this and that but then he, he did try he did he did have to change his formation sort of 10 minutes into the second half to try and find a different way through so he, he did see that he had to, to mix things up a, uh, a bit um, I mean did you, do you feel we improved after that? I thought we improved second half generally mm. um, and I think uh, yes I think that's true and uh, dominated, not so sure. I think uh, we had, we probably had the, the lion's share of possession, um, but I, I think Berry still had two or three other good yeah, chances. Like one from Melis, the one where where the Rudd had palmed yeah, into, yeah. The, into the box. So was that that over. volley as well? Yeah, which which Rudd uh, oh, tipped the, over. Yeah, yeah. So you know side. they still had their chances. Mm. Uh, Berry, uh, and obviously not as many as we had. I mean, I think um, it was like twenty to seven. Um, uh, sorry, fifteen to, to to five shots. So. We clearly had that, you know, had the better of it, mm. but but it's converting. It, it and uh, again, uh, normally I defend that. I go, yeah, but we had the most shots, we had the most possession, we had this, we had that. But then, if you're not scoring those goals, mm. those numbers are irrelevant. I mean, how many, how many times have we said it this this season, the whole season? Because I, I, I brought this up yesterday, or possibly on Thursday show as well. So, so I remember when when we drew one at Port Vale, um, Russell Slade coming out and in his famously angry interview. <laughs> Um, sort of saying, oh, um, you know, we, we we need to be ruthless, and we're not. And Carl's been saying the word ruthless a lot over the last month as well. That's that's our problem. We're, we're not ruthless mm. in any way. In fairness uh, to Carl, um, our probably one ruthless striker is now back at Swindon. <laughs> uh, well, that's that's his stock in trade. He's not a, he's not a, um, a lone striker either. But he's somebody that feeds off chances in and around the box or in yeah. and around the six yard mm. box. I mean, the bigger problem with that is we don't put the ball in those areas necessarily uh, mm. often enough. Most of our chances, um, and if you think of the ones yesterday, they all come from either dead ball situations uh, or balls that are swung into the box and, and we're feeling off, uh, off scraps a little bit. Mm. Uh, so we don't create enough, of, I don't think we create enough 
of, um, for example, when you've got a midfield that has a Rebo, that has uh, Mavadidi in it, and uh, Konza, um, with that sort of five men, all right, somebody, um, and I think it was, again, I don't think it was Holmes yesterday playing behind the striker. I'm trying to think, it was probably Mavadidi more than anybody. Um, you've got to create chances out wide and then get that ball into the box for, for your midfield and, or that um, player behind the striker to run on to the chances. And we don't do that. So why do we play the formation that we don't actually create what the formation is designed to do? Uh, and, and that's, it's all right being ruthless, but we've got, to get, we've got to have the ball actually in that penalty box a lot more. Mm. Most of our, it seems to be most of our chances are, 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 are created from situations which aren't created by that five-man midfield necessarily. I've, I think... Part I think personally part of the issue is because we haven't had that solid starting eleven that it's I think it's difficult. Yeah, they train each every day and tra- they train together every day. They like they know each other well, whatever. But that actual match day experience is a completely different one to playing like five against five in in training or however they do it. And I think even going back to Lee Novak, he hasn't had a great deal of football this season. And then you're you're putting him in, and everyone's just going, "Oh, he's crap because he hasn't scored." It's probably the, is that the first game he started this season? Well, Novak. Well, Novak. No, he's, oh, he's, he did uh, AFC Women as well. Didn't yeah, he started. He started a few. A few yeah, but, um, but again, but when you look at right, that, if, if players are not getting that game time to build those relationships on that football pitch. How are they supposed to then? And if if it's a different formation, a, a different style of a pre-season yeah. is usually required, mm. which we haven't had. And, and I think that's <laughs> why I'm I'm and again I might get criticised for this. I think Cole needs to have the summer to completely rebuild. I, I, I don't think anybody and give him a chance. I don't think anybody. Well, no, that's not true. Of course, there are some. No, there There's going to be some. Yeah. But I think stability, regardless of uh, whether you like Cole Robinson or not, should be the watchword at the moment, at least. So, you know. But I think part of the problem is, and, and I think part of the problem the fans have with, oh, we'll give Carl Robinson the summer and then we can go forward, is that as far as they're concerned, all that will happen in the summer is that we'll probably lose Konza. We'll probably lose a rebo to uh, bigger teams and then bring in lone players to cover them or, or bring in more youngsters to, to take their place who are still not really... That's not uh, the manager's fault. No, no, no. And he's getting and criticised by some people for things that are out of his hands. But he's 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 in the foreign line. I, great yeah, doing, I get great that, but it that, just but frustrates me yeah. because it's, this is like this is not his doing. Hmm. But I guess if he's coming out and saying what he said in sort of at the end of January, where he's he's, he's quite happy with the squad he's got, then if he's then <laughs> therefore not getting getting the results <clears> he wants, even though he might even though he might be saying that to appease whoever upstairs, he, he does put himself in the firing line. And you know, in, in terms of results business, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, we per- we don't think. I personally don't think that our squad's strong enough, and I think a lot of people are the same like that. But if, like I say, if Carl's command said it is, then he should be he should be getting better results. Well, than that's he true. Is. But <clears throat> can I give you an indication of uh, of why that should be? We played Berry at the beginning of the season, right, uh, and lost two nil. Now the starting eleven for that game was Declan Rudd. Uh, yes. We had Kevin Foley, Morgan Fox, Jason Pearce, Chris Solly, Roger Johnson, Andrew Croft. <laughs> yeah, don't laugh. Johnny Jackson, Ricky Holmes, Nicky Jose, and Lee Novak. Now, as an eleven. Apart from the fact that Kevin Foley was signed the day before or something, wasn't yeah. it? So, and, and drafted in quickly, That's Roger Johnson isn't necessarily your first choice centre half. But anyway, that aside, our 
bench, I think, is the indication why why this season was I'm, never likely to. I to, remember to working out the average age <laughs> of our bench on that day. Yeah, go on. Twelve. Dylan, <laughs> Dylan Phillips, Tariq Holmes, Dennis, Ezri Konza, Ollie Muldoon, Carl Hearn Grant, Brandon Hanlon, and Adam Ola Now, when your bench is that for your opening academy, game, that, isn't it? of course it is. Absolutely, and it's a, and it's a testament to our academy, and we should be applauded and we should uh, shout it from the rooftops. But what it doesn't do is prepare you for a season in League One. And especially when, what, two, three of those are not with and us anymore. And now three of them are gone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, you know... It, Four, actually, because Brandon's online. Brandon's online, though. of course he is, yeah. It's gone to a better place. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Um, Sunny Bromley. Yeah, we had, uh, we had uh, the George Teixeira chance. We had the Mavadidi chance, which was deflected over the goalkeeper. and then uh, He's a good player. He's he? great. Yeah. Shame we're going to be missing him for a few weeks now. Yeah, do, we know, do we know how bad that is? No, he said it was his hamstring. I think oh, it really? was in oh, his... I thought it was an impact injury. Oh, no, no. It was, oh, it was okay. a definitely a muscle injury because uh, Carl came out in the press conference and apologised for playing him too long. Probably similar to what he said to you. He did say that. He did, I, he did yeah. specifically say uh, it's my, um, Mavadidi's hamstring is my fault. So. Oh, because uh, there was questions over whether he went into the bowl. That's what I thought. It, when it, yeah, yeah. I thought that's why he'd come yeah. off. You guys need to read the South London Press more. I put it all in there. <laughs> no, um, what paper is it? <laughs> you it? I don't, no, no I don't no, think no, you no, can get newspapers no. anymore. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and then we had uh, George Teixeira's chance at the crossbar, uh, but it was offside anyway in injury time. So that was the way uh, the game ended. Obviously, then uh, Carl Robinson came in to speak to us in the press conference and to speak to Terry uh, exclusively after. And just, just before we start that, we had an email from John Rolfe that's in the inbox. It says, hi guys, can you tell me how long Robinson's interview lasts so I can turn it off and then switch back on again? So this about is five and a half minutes, yeah, five yeah. minutes, eight seconds uh, of Carl Robinson speaking to Terry after yesterday's defeat at home to Bury. John by Carl Robinson in the studio and uh, second game running Carl we're, we're off pro- post game talking about a 1-0 defeat both losing a goal early on and not being able to go back in it yeah I think there's a difference though one or two I thought on Tuesday we looked jaded didn't have any discipline didn't work as a unit I think today from from the first to the last minute we dominated the game um, from playing 4-3-3 with three strikers to going to 4-4-2 same amount of chances people can talk for formations and systems and rotations and whatever they want to do ultimately when it comes along it's about taking your chance if you hit the post or the bar twice in every single game so far this season since I've been in sorry I think it happened the other day it happened again today it happened away at Wimbledon so there's a number of times that we've, that we've been so unlucky but it is what it is you've got to take it on the chin you've got to accept the, the defeat as a man and you've got to take the criticism and the blame that goes with it and then you have to run but today's difference I can't question the players mentality desire I think we won every, most tackles, we won most headers, we were passing forwards, maybe we had the criticism in the first half, we didn't play forwards quickly enough, or didn't ask enough questions in their back three. Um, but it came, it came in the first ten minutes of the second half, and we carried that momentum on towards the end as well. Arguably uh, their goalkeeper get a man of the match. Is there a, a, a case where um, where we are struggling to score at the minute? Mm. Um, at the back, or, or I'm not picking out the back, uh, the defence mm. particularly, but as a team... The fragility uh, of, of in certain times of panicking a little bit in yeah, certain I think, situations. I think when you look at, I think when you make a mistake, you feel like you always want to be punished at this moment in time. So you make one error, you get beat one nil. And I think if you score two, three, four, the defenders start playing more fluent, more fluency. Um, and then if you do concede, you know you're going to score goals. That's a great place to be. And we've not been there for a while, for almost eighteen months. It's not a case of just now. It's been for the last eighteen months, maybe a bit longer. Some would say two and a half years that we've not gone and dominated games and scored enough goals. 
And that's not formation, it's not it's about a desire and an application. And I think what that subsequently does, as a defender then you start getting more and more panicky that the fact that if you do make a mistake, you can't see where the next goal's gonna come from. And that's not an S goal from a Josh or a Lee or a or a or a, um, a Tony or a Steph. It's a case of whether that be from a set piece, a corner, just drop to us. But that doesn't seem to be the case at the moment. And uh, <coughs> I'm assuming that uh, you have a question mark over there, goal, the, the the foul before a clear foul uh, yeah, on the page it's beforehand. A later foul, but but we didn't defend it well afterwards, did we? Well, we, we we made the two challenges that we had to. Just the fact that it ended up going back to their players was the unlucky bit of it. Um, the players are hurting in there. I, I'm seeing a group of players that are really hurting, really disappointed, and really determined to put it right. But it's a case of now that they have no choice. Um, we've got to make sure that we get points on the board, and we've got to make sure that we start looking forward to, to future avenues, really, in some ways. But today was a disappointing one. Tuesday was disappointing, but for completely different reasons, mate. As I say, I think nobody can say they didn't try. I thought the fans were excellent within the 90 minutes. I don't think anybody can question their, their singing and their support for the team. When we went one nil down, all you could hear was our fans singing, trying to get our players back up. They give us that for right the way through the game. The players mentioned it even inside before. They felt that there was just no animosity in it. There was no, at the end of the game, that's fine, because the game's over. There's nothing we can do. But while we all had a job to do during the 90 minutes, I think everybody applied themselves in the right way. But ultimately, the most important thing is putting the ball in the back of the net, and we're not doing that. And basically, there's no there's no magic solution here because it's not <laughs> as you said before. It's not about necessarily about tactics, not necessarily about desire. It's, it's about a little. There's a little bit of luck involved, but there's a mentality, I guess. That, yeah, that's I, th- I think sometimes we turn down shots. I think that's sometimes a negativity within us. And when the ball goes wide, we don't overly commit bodies in the box. Like I say, we have to be started with three attacking players on the pitch today with, with Holmesy, Steph, and uh, Lee, uh, with a right winger playing at right back. So we certainly had like, enough goals in the team or enough attack and threat. And then when you go to four four two, we start. We had Josh and Lee. Then we had Josh and Tony. It's a difficult one. I've got to take responsibility. I've got to apologise to Steph. I had the emotion of the result getting away the development of a player. Um, it's my fault that he got injured because I should have brought him off. Um, I'm sick over that as well because I know working with young players that once you have an increased loading period uh, for a young player. You can only get two and a half games maximum, probably the maximum amount of loading you can do when they first come to first team football. And we've loaded him too much. We've been to, because he's been so good, we've become reliant upon him. Um, and I've got myself carried away with how well he's doing, rather than how much you've got to protect him. And I have to take responsibility for that. And I apologise to the boy because I should have been stronger and brought him off sooner. Obviously, the the, the talking point, <clears throat> of course, will be the defeat. But then on top of that, with Patrick Bauer, we're assuming with a with a head knock, yeah. maybe, and then as you've just said, Stephen Mavidi with, a, with as well. a, yeah, oh, Jacob the hamstring, and Stephen Mavidi with a, with what looked like a very serious injury. At I the think end. it could be serious. Yeah, be surprised if uh, we both have to see, but. So we're um, at any injury to insult at the moment, which uh, which is not where we yeah, want to be. Yeah, well, you, you, you've gone and played the right today. You've you've missed many chances, and you've got three players injured. Not a good day, is it? Indeed not. Thanks for coming. Thanks for your time, mate. Thank you. It. Cheers, and Holmes Cross puts Charlton in the lead.
home of time. time. This is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. Ah! (laughs) Help! Charlton Live. So that's Channel Live here on Maritime Radio. There was Carl Robertson screaming help uh, after the Millwall game that was. See, if you're Why, wondering. what happened? That was when he came in to show us the video of the disallowed goal. Yeah. Uh, we got Brett to show us it on his, on his laptop and he was just screaming, ah, help. Oh. Uh, at the press conference. A, frus- a frustration Frust- thing. Frustrating, yeah. Uh, right, we've got plenty of emails and plenty of tweets to come to. I'm going to do the tweets first. And we had one from uh, Jamie Morrison yesterday. said, beginning to become concerned where all this is going. Division 2, how many more people are going to renew season tickets? Not me, I've had it. I mean, that is a question. I mean, we're, if you look at the attendances, yes, uh, the attendance yesterday was 14,460. Uh, which obviously is not the real. It was using the real attendance. Oh, no, was, it wasn't. That was the announced <laughs> attendance. Which and then because oh, during the build up to the game on like Thursday, I, was like, I went through my tweets for the last attendance just to find because uh, I thought it'd be interesting to do a comparison between the two between what the last football for a fiver attendance was and this one against Rochdale. Exactly the same. Fourteen thousand four hundred sixty. Really? Exactly the same. <laughs> they um, when I got here yesterday, they'd said they'd sold. I think it was around six thousand. Um, at five at the five pounds. At the five pounds, yeah. yeah. So. So that's, that's, that's why they get the 14, I think, because obviously then it includes well, the season yeah. tickets, mm. even if they don't come, it still counts them. So. Yeah, but it's just interesting that the, the, the ticket sold was exactly the same as the uh, as the uh, uh, the game against Rochdale earlier on in the season. Don't make people think there's something dodgy. I'm not, just saying it's interesting. Really. Now. I'm just saying it's just a fun, <laughs> just a fun little stat, Fun yeah. fact. Fun as fact, as yeah. I like, I like good coincidences yeah. like that. <laughs> I also like the fact that I think um, Oxford on Tuesday bought... 699 because I thought imagine if just one more had turned up you would have the round 700 I like numbers like that <laughs> <laughs> right uh, uh, yeah <laughs> London in a geezer he needs to get out more. yeah no he doesn't <laughs> London in a geezer says Robinson despite uh, having a big budget it took three years to get MK promoted and then was relegated sacked hovering just above the relegation zone Robinson pitched up at Charlton declared undying love for the club on day one kissed uh, RD and KM's backsides uh, and talk nonsense daily he's only had three wins in 16 and that's the thing I mean you see a lot of it now I mean it, if Carl came out and, and was talking about whatever he said, said we played well yesterday and, and we but they ended up losing but we've won our previous 15 games no one would care would they it doesn't, it doesn't matter what the manager says it's, it's about what the manager does now really isn't it absolutely yeah. and, uh, and um, we know how trigger happy our, uh, our board are so um, you know and we know what's happening next week uh, didn't um, didn't Russell uh, Russell's demise come after a, a certain visit in, uh, in Belgium? <laughs> yeah, so. taxi for Roland Stunt. Yeah, he was but, sacked but, not long after. Uh, well, so, uh, the same weekend, yeah, wasn't w- it? So. Watch this space. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, Sean Scolding said, uh, "Can't tune in, but agree that KR, with KR that we had enough chances to win the game. Not a good feeling around the valley. Felt very strange in my first game since Chris Powell left. Not a good atmosphere around the ground. Don't blame Carl Robinson. That's from, uh, that's from Sean." Um, I don't think you can help but blame. You know, as, as I mentioned before, that the, the, it's got to stop at the manager's door, regardless. Uh, and uh, sad, sad but true. Mm. Uh, and then Andrew Buckland wanted us to point out a mention for CFC women who topped the table uh, uh, after. I think they, they won six 0 at QPR yeah, today. Yeah. Kit Graham oh, yeah. got uh, got a hat trick. Jeremy Shepherd's got two and an own goal. Only well. a hat trick should be disappointed. About. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember. I don't think Kit Graham's ever put on a football boot without scoring a goal. Like, <laughs> exactly, even yeah, even yeah, when yeah. she was just trying them on in the shop, she scored mm-hmm. twice. It's incredible. <laughs> Uh, uh, right, uh, blah blah blah. Uh, Barry West says, "With Sue's imminent transfer to the coast in Hastings and the added journey time, will she be f- frequenting her lo- local side more than the valley?" No, I won't no. be. Uh, no, uh, no. I've I've already uh, pledged my allegiance to uh, 
to my Charlton boys. Yeah. But depends if a passport's up. Of, what, <laughs> what I'll probably end up doing is if Charlton are away, I won't go to the away games and I'll yeah. go to the Hastings games. Yeah, well, as if they draw Hastings in the cup. Oh. Well, you know, well, I, we, I hoped for that this season, but can I just mention that uh, Hastings are now on 103 goals for the season, the highest goal scorers in the whole of the country. Could be rubbing that in at the wrong place. Is that the only you? reason <laughs> going oh, bring some brightness. Well, I saw two scour, games. Did you scour all the non-league papers to find right I want to no, go no, I'm going to go and live where they score the most no 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 not at all but it just happened that when I was down there for a week I went to two of their games and they won 4-0 both times are oh, you taking credit for the fact that they scored so, the most so just saying <laughs> hashtag just saying <laughs> lucky Sue yeah right London it says dominated why does Mr Robinson talk rubbish day in day out I can't stand the bloke blame the past Mr Robinson not my fault oh and the ref cost us injuries too and we don't need patronising I mean, he does talk about referees a lot, as we have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't help his own case. Didn't really, hear him say anything about the I, don't, I, think, I think yesterday was the only exception to that. I don't, yeah. I don't remember him. Um, but in fairness, we do get rubbish oh, referees. Uh, well, they are all, all down here this way, aren't they? They're League One, that's all you're going to get. I mean, and as soon as I saw Kettle's name yesterday, I thought, oh, yeah, God. Most people's souls. Who's going to get sent yeah. off? <laughs> My soul hit me boots, so I imagine everybody did. But, yeah. uh, I mean, he, he was reasonably anonymous, apart from missing that obvious um, high high boot on page just for the goal um, think, a, a yeah. few a few dodgy decisions yeah. but nothing nothing outrageous fortunately hmm. uh, yeah. Steve Catley says Carl Robertson interview he said if you score three four five haha stop it man my sides <laughs> are hurting uh, Matthias said I felt depressed after Saturday's result but I feel delighted now because my team got into the semi-finals of the FA People's Cup so well, well done to Matthias well there done, Matthias. Uh, they, have they nicked a, a People's Cup wonder <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, we broke that as uh, as. No, but that name, that was our name. Yeah, was the our FA cup. stole it. Yeah, the FA have nicked it. Shame. Uh, Copyrighted, probably. Boom. Yeah, Roland, time to go. Says Robinson said it's not been right here for two and a half years. Remind me when Roland took over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul Stevens says I think Robinson was watching a different game to everyone else. Players fully committed and won every tackle and every header. Yep. Do you agree Pretty with that? Much. Mm, second not half. In, not, yeah, second half we were better, but um, I I think we didn't do hardly any of it in the first half yeah no first half was like different yeah different game Mm. first half was shocking jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it blue nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Now, Darren Ellis says, best thing about yesterday was seeing that lad getting Tony Watt's shirt after the game. And now, so I'm sure you could fill us in on this one. This was uh, was your lad, wasn't it? this made my day. Absolutely made my day. And uh, this wasn't uh, prearranged either. It was just by chance that he'd been picked out of the the young addicts to be a mascot. So my little lad, Charlie, yesterday turned seven, about two weeks ago. And um, 
where I meet them we always sit in a little room and we have a little chat before we start anything off and we sat down and I just noticed that he's got this pathetic leg so his dad then says I said oh like you're right like playing football and everything his dad said yeah good as gold so what happened with Charlie was he was diagnosed with cancer when he was nine months old and he had to have his leg amputated um so then he had rounds of chemotherapy um he had his final scan uh in december of like december just gone all clear um he's only ever known having his prosthetic leg it's like we call it his superhero leg because he's got <laughs> Sp- spider-man on the kneecap um but he he was just so inspiring um he, he didn't let it it doesn't let it phase him at all and like his dad's running the london marathon for children's cancer charity um for him and um he just loves football so like we was even watching him playing football on the pitch you, you it, i mean me and terry have just talked off air and he wasn't even he didn't even notice it no, when until he came he'd the, run off the pitch yeah, when he came into the studio um and talked to us as all the mascots do um prior to the game and we uh, we normally get him a shout, but he was a little nervous. So and he was on his own. So yeah. I thought we 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 didn't do it for for Charlie because he didn't particularly want to. But we just I just showed him around the the equipment, told him what we do, etc. And at no point did I realise he had a prosthetic leg. And it wasn't until I was back up up at the gantry um, mm. to prepare for the commentary that I looked over and saw him playing football. That, you, that then it then it dawned on yeah. me. Yeah. So we, when we was going around the dressing room, all the lads were like being their usual lovely selves as they are to the kids, and. Um, we said to Tony, because Tony was his favourite player, so I said to Tony, oh, are you starting? And he said, no. So I just sort of said to Charlie, oh, we'll have to walk out. You'll have to walk out with someone else. Um, so then when um, we was in the tunnel waiting and, and Tony had come back in from warm-up and I said, oh, it's such a shame you're not playing because he wanted to walk out with you. And uh, he said, oh, go and have a, have a word with the manager. See if you can get him <laughs> to change his mind. So he had a little bit of a banter with him. Anyway, when Charlie had gone on, like walked on with, he walked out with Ricky Holmes. Um, and he had his photos done in the centre circle. And as he was running off, Tony Watt called me over. And he just said to me, oh, after the game, can you come and get my shirt off me so Charlie can have it? Um, and that was entirely from him. That was no one had prompted him to that. So kept his word after the game he gave me his shirt and I, I took it up for Charlie met him and his family after the game and they were just so thrilled they just said apart from the result they had such a lovely day and I don't know whether that's why I'm slightly upbeat as mm. well because yeah. I think when you when you meet families like that football becomes irrelevant mm. you you meet these children that are going through these battles I mean I do it in my daily job as well as everyone knows i'm a children's social worker but it almost like becomes a second the match the 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 result is irrelevant when it comes to these children and and what they've been through and what they're going to go through throughout their lives and they just still he still ran around playing football loves playing football plays for his school team and and everything it just it just (coughs) kind of gives you that kind of perspective Hmm. perspective but also just like he made my day yesterday Hmm. he absolutely made my day and i I do i just then go it's a game it's a game and uh you're talking about your day my my day was made yesterday as well actually just just before kickoff i saw a video that was coming up on 
on uh, on the Twitter, and that was from uh, uh, Alex Steadman, who's mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure many of you remember uh, did the show with us uh, uh, for for quite a while from from a few years ago. He's now he's now working over at Crawley Town. Uh, that's his team. He's still a mate of ours, still a Charlton fan. He came to I think he's been to Millwall this season. He, he get, he'll get to a Charlton game as and when he can. Uh, but he was diagnosed himself, I think, last month with uh, with testicular cancer. He's been having problems, uh, and uh, obviously a bit of a shock for him. He's, he's going to go through treatment, and I think he's he's going to be fine by the sounds of it. But obviously, obviously it's still a lot to go through. Um, and now the, the way that football's pulled together around around Stedman has has been stunning, really. Um, uh, the the first one, the, the first bit that really stood out for me was a, a few weeks ago. Stedman, I mean, Stedman is mates with you and Roberts, who used to play for yeah. Wales. Um, through his work and his union, what he's done. Uh, in the last few years, and obviously you and Roberts used to work with John Hartson, who's famously himself suffered from from testicular cancer, and he had a, a very severe case of it. Uh, so Stedman sat at home uh, on a, on, a, on an evening, and all of a sudden his phone rings, and he answers it, and it's John Hartson. He's rung up. He's rung up to. Would have cried. Yeah, he's rung up to to you know speaks to speak to Stedman as a morale boost to see how he's doing, all that sort of thing. So that was that was absolutely superb. Um, and then Alex is uh, in. Turn decided that he wants to try and help raise some money for the John Hartson Foundation. Uh, yesterday, Crawley Town were playing away at Wickham Wanderers, and this was the video that I saw just before kickoff. Because yeah. basically, Gareth Ainsworth, who um, is the Wickham manager and has been down there for a few years now, uh, he, he knew he knew Alex's story, uh, and so he called him in uh, before the game into the Wickham dressing room uh, and, and and gave a little speech to his players um, about what you know, about Alex's story and, and to. You know, sort of G-, G him up and all this and that, and show how brave he is for continuing working in the uh, in quite a pressurised environment, being the the media person for a football club, uh, and then said that they're, they're going to donate all the all the bits and pieces. And also, Wickham have got the big fella, haven't they? Akin Fenwa, yeah, yeah. who's who's a bit of a uh, cult hero as well. So anything from him would would certainly go well on uh, auctions. Use but, um, as a marquee somewhere, can't he? Yeah, <laughs> a marquee signing. <laughs> Maybe that's who we're after. But yeah, um, yeah but um, so basically, um, Wickham donated all these bits and pieces to to Stella so we could uh, go off on, on the... Uh, but the speech, the, I mean, it's Dennis Bill. Oh, it's unreal, looked really it? uncomfortable, bless him. <laughs> yeah, well, I think he was trying not to cry. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but the speech before it was just it was just brilliant. I mean, what a lovely thing to do. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully we're going to speak to Stedman. Uh, I was hoping to do it on the phone tonight, but he's late home because also the Football League sort of him out tickets for the Football League final. Uh, the, the, Damn glory boy Yeah the <laughs> EFL And uh, we won't ruin the result In case you didn't But it sounds like the highlights Are certainly worth watching If, you, if you're going to tune great in game. Tune in to Channel 5 later uh, So there we go Two two great stories About how, how good uh, football can be Now uh, Bob Liscombe tweeted me earlier Saying anyone spot that a Jose Scored twice against yes. uh, Russell Slade's we Coventry Russell Slade's Coventry in particular So I'm disappointed Because I, I, I seeked out the um Football on Fire highlights yesterday, just because I wanted to see if after a Jose scored his goal, he like went over and started helicoptering in front of Russell Slade or anything like that. Rubbed his head. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> he celebrated in front of Russell Slade when he scored for us, yeah, no. let alone when he scored for a team against him, so that would have been quite interesting. I mean, I think we sort of half mentioned it earlier, when you're looking at a Jose now, who didn't didn't do it here, we're not going to pretend he did do it, but there's a lot of fans saying, well, he should be, he should be here trying to do it still. Yeah. Well, there is a case that, you, you know, when you've got a player who can score, you know, look, he scored goals for fun the season before he came to us for Swindon, so he clearly can. Uh, now, what do you do as a team when you sign a player like that, for whatever reason? Um, do you then adapt your style to make sure that he's in the position to score mm. the goals you know he can? Yeah. Or do you think, no, 
I'm, he's going to adapt to my style. <laughs> yeah. I'll make his life as difficult yeah. as possible. <laughs> I think I said this I the other day. I don't, I don't think Cristiano Ronaldo would fit into our current team the way we play. To be honest, though, I'd make it work. Yeah. <laughs> I'd find a way to make it work. <laughs> we, I mean, we had loads of discussions about Nicky, didn't we? He has got the ability. The problem was, like you've just said, we weren't playing to his strengths. He's a goal poacher. He's not an amazing... He's not going to do these amazing, like runs from the halfway line he's not going to do these amazing volleys or whatever he is a goal poacher he's the one that will get on like Berry's goal yesterday he would be the one scoring that goal you can't judge him I feel you can't judge him on what happened was because again we weren't we weren't giving him those opportunities you know he missed and it. and strikers are confidence yeah. players if and if they're not going in their heads go down and and then you've had it and he missed, you know, he missed a few sitters for us. Of course, he did, but he also scored some uh, half decent goals. He, I mean, he was our leading goal scorer before um, mm. Josh got his hat trick, wasn't he? Yeah. So um, you know, he still um, still knows where the net is, even though if he, he, most goal scorers have got to um, have twenty efforts to get ten. Mm. Mm. So um, yeah, it's it's sad. It's a shame, and uh, um, yeah, and look where Swindon are, by the way. Um, I mean, they're the ones that are sort of down there in the bottom. But if if he keeps banging the goals from then. <laughs> They, oh, could, they could yeah, end up overtaking us. Yeah, last day of the season, we'll get actually <laughs> against us. And we'll get relegated. <laughs> right, Super Clive 98. <laughs> Positivity <laughs> there, Louis. Cheers, Louis. <laughs> <laughs> says, we don't look like scoring because we don't have any proper strikers. Obvious all season and should have been sorted in January with the Lookman money. I mean, we, we know now that some of the Lookman money is going to go on the training ground, which, which I found slightly confusing. I, I thought the money was already secured for that a little while ago, but that's all changed and now the Lookman money is going on that, a portion of it anyway, at least a £1.5 million, I think they said in the fans forum minute during the week, uh, which doesn't, of course, explain the whereabouts of the rest of the money. <coughs> uh, but, um, yeah. Well, look, I'm, as a business, I'm assuming we're losing money uh, oh, yeah, regularly. Sure, yeah. So, yeah. Um, if uh, if you look at it hard and cold as a, as a penny and uh, pounds and penny business, yeah. then which is of course the whole reason ten thousand people come and watch Charlton is to see how the balance sheet's doing. <laughs> exactly. So, but so, and that's that, that's where we are at the minute, though, isn't it? So, mm. you know, some of that, if not most of it, went to try and even up the score mm. on the balance sheets, which um, which is not something we want to hear. Mm, exactly. Uh, BFF said uh, adding a missive creative central midfielder as well. Forster Caskey was poor. Charlton were a collection of individuals, not a team, as Berry, where Berry Press were organised and all knew the game plan and what they needed to do. This team is going backwards. He then added Robinson must know what he got himself into. If the problem is a lack of support, then he should say that. But if he does, he will be out the door. Robinson needs to play a different formation. From the interview, Carl, why didn't the team why didn't the team play as a unit? Overly optimistic reading of the game about how they played. Better interview overall than normal think he knows that the team is in trouble nice story uh, Sue with the mascot on with Tony what enjoyable show makes a de- makes defeats and goings on more bearable mm-hmm. uh, which is nice right we're going to have a quick break then we're going to come back we've got plenty of emails there's plenty of stuff to talk about uh, from yesterday's game still Jose's cut out by Townsend. It'll fall to Lookman. Good touch on Lookman on his left foot. Adamo Lookman! Oh, oh, goal! Adamo Lookman! What a belter! That's an absolute worldie from Adamo Lookman. Picks it out. It's a clearance from Townsend. Fell to Lookman on the edge of the box. Cuts in on his left foot. Goes to the goal. And finds the top corner, top left corner. Leave Daniels with no chance. Lookman with an absolute stunner in the FA Cup. From the home of time. 
This is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. I don't do mine. I let my missus does it. He obviously gets bullied and lets his miss. He does it. <laughs> Charlton. Yeah. Who was that? Was that Andrew Cross? Andrew Cross. No, uh, it wasn't. Yeah, it is absolutely. We we listened to this on the way back from Rochdale, and it's genuinely the funniest thing I've ever heard. I Let's... don't do mine. I let my missus does it. He obviously gets bullied and lets his miss. He does it. <laughs> <laughs> and it also fits quite nicely in this. Some people I think that, that bonkers way is probably the highlight of the season, without <laughs> doubt. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, sadly is the highlight of the season. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Shouldn't be, yeah. but it is. Uh, Mark, uh, uh, <laughs> call me a chef sent uh, a nice gif after I said the word helicopter, which is why I was laughing just before we went ah, into that. Okay, yeah. I'm uh, not sure we were going to break. Uh, we've got something from Running Time to Go which we're going to discuss after we do the emails because yep. uh, he sent me a link during uh, during the day which I read which is uh, someone who went to the fans uh, meeting with Katrine yesterday sort of their, their write-up of it suggested something which we'll come on to once we've uh, gone through the emails Mr Smith Indeed well we'll start with uh, one that um, came in Thursday but not, not in time for you to read it out I think was, was No I forgot oh, okay. I sent it to myself what? and forgot No right fair enough <laughs> um, and this was from I'm just looking it's from Mads, Mads. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, to be fair it gave me an idea for a more happier mention could you boys wish uh, and girls wish my dad Tom Madison a happy 70th birthday which is uh, which was on Saturday Yeah so it was yesterday I did a, So yesterday yeah. happy birthday Tom for yesterday happy 70th and to our mate John Whitfield a happy 50th as well so happy birthday to John uh, I've organised a special day at the Valley for them both on Saturday. Oh dear, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought some birthday wishes on the show would be nice touch. So hopefully uh, you're still listening and we're doing it now. Dad was born on the year we won the Cup, so it had to always be Charlton. Yeah, but it's all gone downhill yeah, since then. Yeah, downhill since then, yeah, pretty much. But yeah, I hope, I hope they had a good day yesterday, Mads, and I'm, uh, I'm sure if he arranged something for him, then it probably would have been Yeah, it's still a, a good day, day yeah. regardless, yeah. yeah. Uh, Craig Elliott has emailed us in. Thanks, Craig. Can't help but think that the players we have out on loan could do a better job than what we have now. What has not scored since he's been back, and Carl Robinson picked him over Vettikaili. Can't help but think Igor would score goals it for fun, giving the service in this league. Novak wasted waste of a, uh, space simple. Uh, so sorry, Novak is a waste of space simple. Again, giving the service and playing to his strength, the Jose can finish two goals yesterday in a struggling team. We have no width. I know uh, he didn't have a great season last year, but uh, Sabayos can do a job in this league and provide the crosses along with Holmes. Perhaps we need to call these players back, otherwise League Two could be a real possibility. Oh no, it won't because Roland doesn't do failure, <laughs> uh, and that's where we want Roland at the end. Right, are we going to get sucked into a relegation battle? I'm going to I'm going to ask the question now. No. Do, you, do you think we will? No, no. probably not. But only by the skin of our teeth, I suspect. Because there's teams in this league that are worse than us. Yeah. Um, well, I'd have said uh, Swindon was was one <laughs> of those. They're beating but, us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, clearly not. I mean, no, I, th- I think uh, Sue's uh, got a point. I think. Um, having said that, the ones that, the ones that were worse than us were Oldham, <laughs> Berry. <laughs> Uh, and we've got uh, and Swindon, by the way, where we didn't do spectacularly well down there either. Uh, so, and admittedly, we've got Northampton and Shrewsbury coming up, and and they are big games now. I mean, really big, because um, we are all right. We're eight points away, and and on the face of it, you know, the likes of Coventry, Chesterfield, Port Vale, uh, and the others. You've should. got to say Coventry are yeah. gone. Yeah, I can't, I can't see Coventry gone, even with Russell at the helm. You know, I googled because uh, I wanted to see that um, uh, see uh, the Jose goals, and but the only thing I got up, not Google, yeah, the, the first thing I got up was the thing about Akubu walking. Oh goodness me, Absolutely nothing. <laughs> was, yeah, Yakuba. was that the only? That, was that the amount of time he was actually on the pitch? I don't know or if he was, was on for just, longer than that. It was just no, 
he's timed he, he, for yeah. two and a half minutes, the, 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 not doing anything. The funny thing was, yeah. the ball was going past him backwards and forwards. He just and, kept and, walking in a circle. But towards the end of that video, you can see a commentary player come up and say something to him, probably saying, like, move. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Well, he did Do a I bit. He just went in a bit of a circle, didn't he? It was quite bizarre. Bizarre. Yeah. Certainly, he's a new sign in as well. Russell would have killed him. He'll be on our list. Yeah. Ryan Fitzgerald has emailed us. Thanks, Ryan. Hi, gents. Ryan, the teacher from Salford here again, decided to make the trip down with a couple of the lads for the very game, including one Shakers fan. What a disappointment. Seeing the addicts capitulate like that at home was utterly gutting. For a teacher, he doesn't learn, does he? Exactly. (laughs) And a far cry from the fight and drive I saw at Bolton. I don't know why we can't seem to put together a decent performance at the Valley. We never really look like scoring. But I guess that's uh, what happens when the opposition set out to shut the uh, the game down for 90 minutes. We really struggled to break through, and Holmes, despite running his heart out, completely lacked an end product. Even Robbo was uncharacteristically uh, quiet. Very worrying how we praised the players post-match, as I think the best defending we managed was when a bunch of pigeons got in the striker's way. <laughs> uh, despite that, I do want to keep the faith. I hope that he's, if he's given time, Carl will make some positive changes. Really don't want to see us go through the manager, manager merry-go-round again. Uh, though I predict a post-protest sacking, just like Slade. Let's hope you perform better on Tuesdays. Cheers, Ryan. Mm. Uh, that, yeah, that's exactly what I said. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because there, there was, there is talk, and like I say, I'm sure there's there's fans who tweeted me yesterday. You tweeted to show uh, throughout the last couple of weeks saying that they want Carl gone. Um, and I know you sort of mentioned it earlier, Terry. But um, for me, we we need to. Who we are, need some like, sort of I mean, Carl, Carl's a manager who. Yeah, I mean, I know Mike Tyson mentioned it earlier. It took him a little while to get promoted at MK, but you don't get promoted if you're an idiot. Like, you need you need to be able to sit down and build your squad in the way that you see it. And obviously, that the question is whether he's going to be backed properly and, and all this and that with with a full squad in terms of one or two decent mm. players. But if 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 we're going to have any chance of doing anything, we have to have a stability where a single man is allowed to mould a team within his mm. his image. You at least have to give that a go because yeah. we've had no chance of it up to now. But and, uh, and I think that was the thing when he was at MK, it, that was he was allowed to do that, and mm. and then he that bore the bore the fruits I, yeah, of I mean, the success of getting promoted because he was given that time mm. to build the team that he wanted and that played the way he wanted mm. them to play, which was actually quite good football look I've got to hold my hands up and, uh, and, and say that I wasn't Carl Ron's biggest fan before. no I wasn't we uh, talked and, about that didn't it, we yeah, a long exactly. time ago and, 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 and the jury is still a little bit out in that respect but um, he's quite an infectious character as well and that, uh, and that draws you in uh, mm. yeah. as well uh, and, and I wish him I really genuinely hope he, he, he can, he's given the time and, and turns us around mm. but uh, I'd, with London Innitgeese I think uh, mentioned it earlier it said that um, he had a lot of money to spend at uh, MK and I wasn't sure that's necessarily true but he certainly I mean given their um, um, financial resources I assume they have some um, you would have expected him to do a little bit better yes he got mm. promoted once but you wouldn't expect them to go get relegated straight away yeah. so I don't think you would necessarily call it a, a, a resounding success there Mm. Uh, some yes, but not resounding. So, yeah. and then of course that, that given, I still want to yeah. uh, to do well here. And then on the other side, I guess we'll ask is um, in terms of Charlton being a big club in a in a tin pot league, if, if 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 that's the right phrase. I mean, how patient do we want to be? And now, see, my at the start of the season, my I mean, my hope was that we'd get promoted this season, and, and probably not not an expectation in terms of what's gone before over the last three years, but. As fans, we would expect in this league to be one of the big fish, and the fact that we're just meandering around in the in the mid in the middle of the table means that obviously we don't want to be in a situation where every season we're going to have to give him time. I don't, you know yeah. what, Louis? I'm going to disagree with you there because I don't think we are. We can't keep living on the past. Yeah, we was in the prem, right? Great, get over it. That was a long time ago. 
we it took us three three tries to get out of this league the last time mm. it's not I think sometimes this league can be tougher than any of the other leagues because you've got these teams that will kick clumps out of you as we've seen especially when you've got skillful players like Ricky Holmes and I, I don't I don't think I still of the mind that we need to sort of not lower our expectations but sort of level them out a bit because we, we're not that big Charlton anymore we're not realistically we're not yeah but it's, we're still a club that's attractive to players that want to come and play here because we've got a fabulous stadium and and great fans. But look at Coventry. Coventry were had years of success. They and they're at the bottom of our league. Mm. Yeah, you, there's, 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 there's a that lot of clubs for, for well. similar reasons. So no, yeah. I get that. Bradford. There are teams around us that that have been through similar. Do you know what I mean? And it, so. I don't think we've got. We can be arrogant enough to say we're a big club in this league anymore. I, I'm going to disagree and agree with both of you. I think um, I agree that uh, I, I disagree. I didn't expect us to go. You know, I, this top six budget never really swung it for me. I, I just didn't expect us to walk this league by any stretch. I thought, uh, and as Sue said, you know, it, it took us a while last time. So I didn't expect that, but I do expect us to be better than we are. Um, a big team is is irrelevant. I think um, um, it's where, it, and it is a little bit from where we've come from. But it's a little also about what we've got, because we should have a top six. You know, we should have one of the mm. best budgets in in the division by a stretch. Mm. We should have the uh, um, the ability to attract players, as you've said, because of where we've been and potentially where we could go back to if if we're given the right uh, uh, right building blocks to do it. Mm. So, I do think we should expect more. Absolutely, and don't get me wrong. We are in League One, and the players we've got are League One standard, clearly. Yeah, yeah. But we shouldn't have players who are League One standard. And if we get players who are League One standard, as we did before, as a certain legend did before, but get players in who know how to get out. Yeah, and that's and all we need. And that's why we play. won't exactly. And the first time he had the chance to do it, you know, he did it with a with a full summer behind him. He did it. So, or not a lot of money. Of course, exactly. So it's not about necessarily the budgets; it's about uh, getting the right players in. So I expect us to be better by a, by a stretch, better than we are now. Um, but I also didn't expect us because of what we've got currently to, to walk the league by any stretch. Um, mm. And uh, there's a certain gentleman, Chris Davin, who's emailed us in, who, um, who isn't a Carl Robinson fan either. Uh, another game at the Valley, another complete shambles. Make no bones about it. This is Robinson's team, and it's a losing, toothless team. Now our season is over, I'd welcome uh, the sacking of Matthew Robinson. Let's face it, I could manage CFC and get more than three wins in 16, so why not just get rid? What's the ju- justification for keeping him? There's none at all. I would rather go for the most managers in the shortest period of time record now. <laughs> um, maybe I uh, have two more this season and another three pre-Christmas next season. Alas, I think the Scouse wit will still be here next season, purely and simply because he is Catherine and Roland's uh, lapdog. Uh, you could argue that we deserved a draw, but the fact is we lost again. It's quite amusing that Slade and Robinson have been worse than any of our network managers. And that brings back the question, which I guess is, I mean, there's only so many things you could try something such as changing the manager before pointing out, saying, I mean, th- there's two schools of thought here. I mean, first of all, you'll say, well, surely, if, if we're trying, like, we've tried managers without English Football League experience, obviously that <coughs> didn't work. We've now tried managers with English Football League experience. It's still not working. So the two questions there are, there must be something, therefore, behind the scenes that's affecting them, I think everyone obviously already knows that and secondly i mean what, what you don't like to hear is um 
say say they were going to come out and say, oh, we, we've made the wrong decision there with the manager in, in terms of who we've in terms of who we've hired. Well, you are the ones hiring them, and you, now you've made how many mistakes? Six, seven, eight mistakes in terms of managers in that case, and you've got to start changing that. And like I say, either either you take some responsibility for the fact that we are a mid-table League One side. Or you, or you, or you stop and don't blame the fact that it's a bad manager. Or you take responsibility for the fact that you're hiring these managers. I think it's it's not about. Well, of course, it's about the hiring of managers, but mm. uh, and the, the firing of one particular one. I think it, it's it's more about once you've hired a manager, what tools do you give him to be able to do his job? Exactly. Uh, and clearly, um, as uh, as has been borne out, we as I mentioned that squad at the beginning of the season, uh, bury away. We didn't have a squad big enough by stretch by, by any stretch of the imagination um, to cope with with League One at all. You know, um, you, you expect in our position to have to bring two or three kids through, and we have, and, and good ones at that. But what you don't expect to is have a bench full of them uh, mm. in a league that demands um, a, a real tough um, regime and a real, real, you know, real hard uh, season. Is going to lie ahead of you once you, you know, once you start League One. We know because we've been here before, uh, two or three times, and we know what it takes to get out. And we haven't got what it takes to get out currently. I, I think as well, like you just saying that, Terry. Um, I think I always feel for managers. Yeah, yeah, they're the they're the ones that have to answer the questions when we when we haven't won or whatever team hasn't won. But I think you you can look at. Other teams that have got a history of of doing very well, even in the Premier League, and they go through their managers for fun, like for a season. Oh, because they don't win win the Prem, we're going to sack them because they're not good enough. Oh, we didn't get in the Champions League, they sack them. Let's get a new one in. The only way we're going to get anywhere is by having some form of stability in terms of manager, backroom staff, and a squad that has got a core. And until we get that. It's not going to work because you've got there's too much unsettlement. So how can you expect? And I've said this before: football players are like children; they need to have stability, routine. They need to know what is happening to them on a daily basis, otherwise they don't cope. And that might sound like disrespectful to the players, and I don't mean it that way. It's just knowing how the majority of them function on a on a daily basis. They need to have, it's, it's, children thrive on routine, stability, all of that. It's the same with these. They need to know where they stand, where they're going, what the expectations are, and an a, a intricate detail of what they should be doing on a match-to-match basis. Do you think as well <clears throat> that um, players, um, the children um, that we've got, when they see someone like Adam Ola Lookman, who was clearly um, our best player, <laughs> Um, sold mm. and um, you know you've joined a club that you think um, I'm Ambition. sure every, yeah, every, cl- every player that joined this club that are here now must have looked at the surroundings looked at the training ground looked at the plans for the training ground looked at uh, the academy and thought oh, this, this club can go places I'm joining mm. a club that will probably get promoted I can uh, double my wages next season in the championship do you know what I mean so yeah. there, there's, there's something to aim for and then they see us um, bring in a couple of loan players let them go um, bring in Adam Ola-Lookman who's, who's hit the ground running and, and been superb and then we sell him mm. we get money for him now I think everybody was looking so okay we can live with that we've we've been a selling club a lot you know but mostly it's to survive 
Most mm-hmm. of the time we've been a selling club, it's to get back to the valley or, or to just survive uh, because we've got... Pay the, the bills. Pe- yeah, because pe- <laughs> the people in charge haven't got a pot to pee in. Mm. You know, we've been there, so we know what that means, and, and we sort of get it. But when you sell a player, like Adamola Lookman, halfway through the season, when money n- shouldn't be the issue, shouldn't be the issue. It, it obviously is, but it shouldn't be the issue because of who owns us. When you see, when, when, as a player then, when you see that happen, you think, oh, okay, well, maybe the, the, the 10 million quid or whatever it was up front, it, it might have only been four or three or whatever it was up front, you can buy five or six decent League One players for that. And, mm. and that's not a bad thing. That, that bolsters the squad. That means we, if we buy the right players, we can still go forward and achieve what mm. we want to do. When, when you see that not happening as a player in this club, <coughs> that's got to affect you, hasn't it? But then I think, Cole... Again, I'm defending him, but he tried. But what then happened was because these other clubs thought we had £11 million to spend, they're then putting price tags on players, and he's saying, well, I'm not paying that. They're not worth that. That that may be true of the players he was after, but yeah. that shouldn't necessarily stop you buying a player but that could still do But if you've got job. a list of, like, you, I'm assuming when, you, when you're a manager, you don't say, oh, I only want that one. You have a list of potentials, don't you? But if if you've got like say five midfielders that you're after, and each one of them you go to their club and they're asking a million over what they're actually worth, of course you're going to say, well, no, I ain't no, worth that's, it. that's fair. Of course it is, um, and that's part of the problem of doing it uh, straight after uh, buying Adam. So we might have been better actually in that first. sense. No, saying undisclosed fee. We did say that. No, I think no. It, w- it came out, didn't it? Yeah, we got it. Yeah, we press got it out. It, it was we we did say undisclosed fee, but it came. So out. that that just no. I think it would have been better to buy the players first before you had any intention of selling Adam Olukman, um, i.e., beginning of the season, uh, or at least half. You know, uh, say to Adam Olukman, you wait till the end of the season. That's mm. another possibility, and then still buy the players uh, that you need because we know we've got the money to do so. All right, you, on the basis that you know you're going to get that back at the end of the season through the sale of Adamola Lumber. Mm. That makes much more sense. And, and then the, the clubs that are looking, that are saying, well, they've got mo- loads of money because they've just sold Adamola Lumber, can't use that excuse because we haven't. Yeah. But I think as well, and you touched on it earlier, the running of a football club is just such an expensive thing. And we've got that, like, we, we used to sort of rely on the ticket sales and the season ticket sales to basically effectively pay for the daily running of the club. Now, we're not getting that money in anymore because of the lack of sales. So then I think I think you're right in what you said earlier, that the, the, some of the Lookman money actually has gone to paying the daily bills where, I don't know, Roland's got the money to be able to do that. I don't know what money he's got. But... Yeah, rightly, we feel that that money should be going into building the squad. Mm. So I, I think, yeah, questions have got to be... Well, especially where we are. I mean, if you're in the Premier League, then it's probably less important because, you know, there's so much other money being generated the elsewhere. That, parachutes uh, exactly, and so all it's, sorts, it's irrelevant. It? But when you're where we are, you've got to... If you want to get out of here, you've got to spend a bit of cash. Yeah. Um, i better get through these emails, haven't I? Yes. Uh, OK. Uh, Mark Malian. Uh, thanks, Mark. Uh, hi, guys. Long-time listener. First-time caller, so to speak. Thoughts on yesterday's game? It just goes to highlight the decline at our club. It's been my club since 1958, my first game. An older person than me. Look. Uh, once a valiant, always an addict. I can only see a downward decline while under this ownership. I live in Bournemouth, so in the past, and as I do say in the past, 
Travelling up to the Valley was always part of my life. No longer. I'm disenfranchised. My last game was at home, last game of the season. And last game for me till Roland goes. To me, the whole mood of the club has, uh, has moved away from what I've grown up with. We've had some poor owners in the past, but now words fail me. Let's hope I get back uh, to my beloved club before the Grim Reaper calls. <laughs> Unless you think, do you think the Grim Reaper's may, uh, name may be Roland? And that's Mark. Uh, cheers, Mark. Appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> Mark Wilson also emailed us. Uh, and this is a big one. Dear Studio... Uh, Thomas Fuller, the 17th century hello, English historian and, Always gets a mention yeah, on our show, he does, and theologian wrote, in his 1650 book on Palestine, it is always darkest just before the day dawneth. He was probably not thinking of Charlton Athletic in the early years of the 21st century. No, probably not. But his words ring as true today as they did more than 350 years ago. Because right now, it is very, very dark. Dark like it was in 1984 when Lenny Lawrence sat waiting for the call from the High Court to see if Charlton were about to be wound up. Dark like it was in 1985 when fans turning up at the Valley read leaflets telling them the club was moving to SE25. And dark like it was when Charlton's relegation from the Premiership was followed not by promotion back again, but after two years of further relegation to Tier 3. But each time Charlton recovered, the High Court hearing eventually went the right way and the club was saved. The tenancy in Gordon included a promotion to the top tier and a trip to Wembley, culminating a joyous hard-fought return to SE7. And the relegation to Tier 3 was reversed after two seasons by Chris Powell's glorious record-annihilating season. So now Charlton are in the darkest place imaginable. A hopeless owner, a hapless chief executive, a floundering manager and a failing team. And despite the well-publicised sixth-highest budget in the division, we're closer to the relegation zone than we are to Millwall. And above the drop zone by just eight points, and hoping Rochdale can prevent that becoming six on Tuesday, bleak, unacceptable, and very, very dark. So what about the team? Uh, what about the dawn? Sorry, That can only mean one thing. The regalvanising of fans, passion for the club, next week on March 4th. Take the fight to the opposition, secure the future. So many times in the past we've had to sit back and hope, just hope that everything sorts itself out. What makes the current bleak situation so different is that the fans can and will take the action that's required. Next week, Card and others are running an important unity march in Belgium that will move the owner one step closer to selling the club he misguidedly bought. This time, instead of Lenny sitting by a phone to ring, our fans will make it, be making the noise where it counts. This time, instead of running a political campaign in London... Our fans will be running a protest campaign on the streets on the continent. So instead of just reading about the brilliant history of a club, which has been just as much about its fans and its football, Charlton fans can actually make history. Thomas Fuller's comment that it's always darkest before the dawn has been proven right time after time. A few years after he wrote the line, London was burned down in the Great Fire, but restored to its position as the best city in the Western world. Right now, it's very, very dark. But next week, Charlton fans are going to herald the new dawn. Saturday's events at Northampton are far more imp are important as far as the season is concerned, but Saturday's events in St Truiden will be what makes Charlton's long-term future. March 4th is vital. Come on, you Reds. That's Mark from Seven Oaks. Yeah, Good so email, we, Mark. Yeah, there we go. Obviously, we know that next week is going to see, uh, well, currently over 200 fans making their way over to Belgium St Truiden to protest against uh, the owner. And it's going to, as we've mentioned before, it must be a difficult decision to make to, to not go to Northampton or to, and to go all the way over there. But, you know, over 200 f people feel that they want to make a point. We're going to have uh, someone out there for us sending us back an audio diary, hopefully. So cool. we'll have, we're having interviews and stuff to, to, to make sure we get that march covered properly. Uh, quickly, Mark Cox, we're well and truly kettled and then left dead and buried. That's probably the worst <laughs> set of uh, puns. How <laughs> Cheers, Mark. How on earth did we become so bad that a team like Berry could do the double over us? Now seems that, now that, seems that the season is over yet another one written off it's a disgrace that's Mark thanks Mark Jonathan Avis uh, dear Charlton Live this is, this is my take on a very home loss um, and uh, there's not, uh, is there an attachment because there's nothing, yeah. in, nothing in the email I'll have to check on that uh, Jonathan because um, uh, nothing's come through uh, the, the heading says players not interested anymore too many substandard players but um, no attachment so I'm, I'm going to struggle to read that one 
Steve Catley, finally, so depressing. KR needs to play uh, two up front from the start, stop playing 4-2-3-1 or whatever. These players can't do it. We changed to 4-4-2 late on Tuesday and late yesterday and we start to look like we're going to do something. Definitely not ruthless. Get chances, but don't really create them. Ricky Holmes is a winger. Play him there. Tell him to stay there and put crosses in. Novak unlucky with two headers. Type in this as Terry is saying it. Uh, uh, Chapin, uh, Aro, moaned constantly until Novak went off and then moaned constantly that no one was there for the header after he'd gone. <laughs> <laughs> Can, can please some of the people some of the time uh, as the, uh, can't please some of the people some of the time as the saying goes uh, where's this free-flowing attacking goal-scoring football okay, I promised a lot of players looked afraid to take a chance and we're taking too long moving to move the ball on I can't see RD getting a strop on uh, I can see sorry RD getting a strop on with a visit to Belgium playing next week and then sacking him when we lose next week like, the de- like he did with Slade cheers for a good show as always thanks Steve um a uh, couple more fans Jim Dutton so we have another year in League One to look forward to and unless Ryan sells up we we know we're unlikely to get promoted next year because our talented youngsters like Konza and Aribo will be sold off to allegedly balance the books and many um, the many loan players will be heading home another mediocre transfer window and we're looking at uh, another struggle next year and yet the fans are divided about the ownership of the club I don't get it at all that's from uh, Jim Dutton thanks Jim and I think this is probably fine this is Mark Newbury uh, and it just entitled Ah, uh, or probably worse than that. Evening, Jensen lady. You could just play any of Robinson's post-match comments from the last few games, and nobody would notice the difference. When I first saw the team, I presumed that Conzo would be at left back, but the decision to stick an attacking winger there and stifle his abilities was curious, to say the least. Holmes a skipper? Question mark. It seemed to weigh heavy on him. Thought Novak was probably the best of a bad bunch, on, just on work and effort, and his header, which hit me, I'd say it was <laughs> a hard. Worth the entrance fee, though. I'd say it was a hard cross and difficult to control from a standing jump. I wouldn't pick on the kids, but thought Conzo was anonymous. Too often the ball just passed him by and even though I'm not a cross fan he does talk and try and control the midfield whereas if you have three teens 20 somethings they can't get blown they can get blown away probably the strongest bench we've had all season but why keep putting to silver uh, but why keep putting to silver on it if he's not going to get a sniff just to make up the numbers not decided yet if he's northampton or belgium next week and that's from mark yeah that's an interesting one the whole jay de silver thing i don't think we've really got time to go into it now but he's he's he's, like i say he's, he's had one sort of hour or so against Millwall where he came on and then got subbed off and then we haven't really haven't seen him since. Now, right, I got uh, sent in a link to uh, someone's blog earlier on during the day by the Roland Time to Go Twitter account. This uh, blog is called Drinking During the Game, which is something I'm sure we wish we all could all do. Uh, <laughs> severely tempting these, yeah, these days. But the blog was all about a uh, meeting between uh, one of the message boards uh, yesterday that, that went and went and spoke to one of the you know the the fans uh, meetings yep. that Katrine's doing with everyone every. Uh, sort of little fan group that they seem to be inviting and they've, they've moved on to the message boards now and uh, I think it's the Into the Valley uh, message board yesterday got uh, got went and this person drinking during the game uh, said, said they went to went to it um, courtesy of a small message board which uh, had been granted an audience with uh, with God uh, they said on it <laughs> Uh, they said, "What did I?" They said, "What did I learn from it? Not much, really." They, uh, Murray and Mayer, seemed to suggest they had learned from their mistakes again, uh, from chopping and changing managers, and that they would be sticking with Robinson. Although they were laughing at the notion of learning from their mistakes. Uh, obviously, because I remember um, there was a similar chat about Russell Slade not long before he got sacked, wasn't it? That this is the man to take us forward, and obviously that's something uh, to worry about. But this blog said that that they took from from yesterday's. Uh, uh, meeting that they implied that Slade was always a temporary appointment, which, uh, which seems like a very strange statement to to have made it if they did make him. And this is the way this blogger has read that meeting. Well, but I think in hindsight, all our appointments tend to be temporary appointments. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, uh, the, the fans' meetings that, that we've talked about. Um, obviously, a lot of fans go into these sort of things. And you know, do, do, do you think they serve a, serve much of a purpose? Or 
personally, I um, I don't know whether does any do any of the minutes get published? Not for these. I mean, a lot of fans write them up themselves. Like right. The, the so this is. Here. I think this is a difficult we have. If 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 there's an intention going forward in communicating with the fans, then that needs to be put out to the wider community because obviously it's only a small group every home game that that Catrian meets with and I think it'd be really interesting to to actually hear what gets said in those because then you're relying on people's interpretations or what they think they heard or obviously she might have said that I don't know but at the same time if there was a standard sort of thing of this is what was said in this meeting with these people Everyone would have, uh, I think, a, a lot of a, a better idea about what is actually um, being discussed in these meetings, rather than sort. Of, and again, if this guy was obviously there, but again, then you get all the hearsay and people then reading that and taking that to mean something else, and and then that's when we get all the rumours about oh, she said this, that, and the other when she actually might not have. Mm. I think the, the notion of, of meeting. Uh, <coughs> forums and fans and, and everything else uh, uh, on the face of it is a great idea we want communication we want a better um, understanding uh, perhaps of, of, of their thought processes but in the situation we're in and, and what's happened in the past all these um, communi- all these talks all these discussions I mean you can talk to the blue in the face if, if, if the general fan um, just thinks that all we're going to do season upon season as, as was mentioned uh, two years ago bring the youngsters through, sell them off to premiership clubs or whoever, and then do the, do the whole process again. But in the meantime, not build a side capable of competing in whatever division we have to be in or are in, then all these discussions and all these meetings will be meaningless mm. because what the fans want, uh, and, and I know, you know we, nobody should be a money pit necessarily, but you don't have to be particularly, as we've proved in the past, we should be able, or we want to at least feel as a fan base that whoever's in charge of us knows what it takes to try and at least succeed where you are. Mm. Whether that's in League One, League Two, the Conference, the Premier League, wherever. You don't want to have to feel you're going to go into a... a all right, if you're playing Man United and they're the champion, or Barcelona or whatever, then you expect you're probably going to lose. But week in, week out, you want to feel that you've got a chance at winning something, whether it be that particular game or ultimately the, uh, the ultimate prize of getting promotion, perhaps, or at least getting close to it. You know, you want to, you want to be able to feel that. Now, we don't want 100% success. Well, we're Charlton fans, for God's sake. We, we, <laughs> we know how to do it. We, we, know, we, we know what to do with it anyway, yeah. <laughs> but you want to go in there at least feeling yeah. that you've got a sniff at it. Yeah, I guess um, no matter how no matter how many fan meetings you have or how much PR you do, um, there is no way on God's earth now that the comment that suggested that we're going to uh, be, become a unique football club that uh, focuses on um, producing the Premier League stars of the future that you can watch at Charlton and then send them on to the Premier League. That comment will never go away now, ever, well, ever, 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 ever. Well, it won't for as long as you do it. Yeah. You know, making that comment you is... You have to prove it, that wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Making the comment and then not yeah. doing it makes it irrelevant mm. but making the comment and then doing it means everybody now feels that's what we've got to look forward to mm. and sadly if that keeps happening as i said if we then once we've done that if we then use that money to uh, to buy players that can compete in wherever we are and we've still got a sniff at it then maybe people will start accepting the, the the fact because as i said before we've always been a selling club anyway mm. but if if you're just going to 
sell players, the good players, and not replace them with a side capable of competing, then and and, and see the money go elsewhere, then all the all the talk and all the comments and all the uh, the forum meetings you have won't make the slightest bit of difference. Mm. And that's uh, I think as good a time as any to end the show. Unfortunately, we haven't really got time to look too much ahead to Tuesday's game at Shrewsbury. Uh, but, uh, you'll be there, Tell I'll be there. Yep. And uh, so I won't. Uh, Sue won't be there. She's uh, she been hosting. Sensible. Yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, so, but don't forget, you can listen to that game uh, on CFC Player HD, and I think that game's going to be live on BBC Radio London as well. If you want to listen to that. Um, yeah. uh, right. This has been Charlton Live. Thanks for all your tweets and your emails, Sue. Thank you for coming in. Thank you very much, uh, Terry. Thanks for coming in. Cheers, Louis. Thanks, so everybody. Be some some, uh, some good chats on tonight's show. So we thank you for all your correspondence. We'll be back on Thursday evening uh, with the big match preview, where we'll look ahead to next Saturday's game at Northampton. Of course, we'll look ahead to the protest march that's going to happen in St. June and we'll look back at whatever happens at Shrewsbury on uh, on Tuesday evening and uh, don't forget if you want to catch up with any of our shows head over to Acast download our podcast you can head over to charltonlive.co.uk and uh, listen to all our old shows as well right I've been Louis Mendes this has been Charlton Live thanks for listening let's hope that Charlton can get three points on Tuesday eh? Uh, we'll see you then When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.